podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. Aaron Green is a vice president and co-founder of EasySongLicensing.com. They're a third-party music licensing agent specializing in music clearance for any type of permission for any type of use. They're a bootstrap company who started in 2005 around the dining table of Aaron's house in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And now they have a user base of over 60,000 clients and growing. In 2018, they grossed $2.5 million and are happy to report a 30% increase so far in 2019. So, Aaron, uh, officially welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. On a little bit too much coffee here. Sorry for the intro. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's perfect. So, to remind our listeners, Aaron comes from this great pedigree, uh, which you can learn all about his business, existing business, there's a great starter story interview that he just did recently. Uh, you can check out easysonglicensing.com. Uh, we're not going to dive into that existing business so much. This uh, podcast is a little bit different. We're going to talk about a completely new business idea, which Aaron was generous enough to share with us. And we're going to uh, flesh it out for us um, for us here on this episode. So, Aaron, do you want to start off with the concept of the new business idea that you shared? Absolutely. So. Um, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and a lot of Minnesotans around here, we have cabins. I know on the East Coast, some people call them cottages or down South, I believe there's a different word for it, but there's over 124,000 cabins in Minnesota alone. I have a place about an hour west of the Twin Cities outside of Annandale, Minnesota, and you know this is something that we bought about six years ago, and we're my family, we're only there sparingly. In the summertime, two to three weekends a month. In the wintertime, maybe once every four to six weeks. So uh, we don't have any cameras set up on our property, but we are on a lake and we are by some deep woods. And there have been several catastrophes that have happened throughout this fun six years of ownership. And um, we have neighbors that can kind of check in our place here and there. But the problem that we find time and time again is that cameras aren't good enough to basically monitor your property. Problems arise such as plumbing, water damage, or trees falling, or something happening to your dock or your boat while you're away. So there's no real live eyes on there. And I do know that in a lot of small towns around Minnesota and Wisconsin, for example, there's a lot of like locals that will, that will um, kind of do this on the side as a, as a small little side business. And what they'll do is check out the property, kind of make sure everything is okay, but it's very unorganized. Um, they charge a very large amount for every single visit, and no one's ever tackled this on a mass scale, especially specializing in secondary properties like cabins. This is where I came up with the idea called Cabin Sit. Basically, this is something where it's a network of professionals who have who have assigned territories and um, are there to solve problems, monitor, make recommendations, and obviously offering, offering the consumer multiple packages to, um, you know, depending on the frequency of visits and the level of service. But basically, you'd have a professional who has an understanding about plumbing, sump pumps for, you know, cottages and cabins that don't have any kind of sewer system. Or, you know, if they know a lot, you know, they, they check out your infrastructure, they check out inside your house, if there's mice that get in or, insects or extermination. So you basically have this kind of like this Navy seal of knowledge um, that visits your property and can basically text or, or give you some kind of report on exactly what's happening at your property. Is there any damage or if there's landscape recommendations or something like that. Obviously, this is something where this is disposable income. I mean, I mean, this is pretty much your demographic that you're going after. And Normally, those of us who have a second or third property, you know, you're obviously catering more to the white collar market. But at the same time, 
you know, this is something that's extremely organized. And again, people who can solve problems right on the spot for you. For example, <laughs> I've experienced water damage inside our basement at this cabin. I've experienced problems with our sump pump where, um, you know, I'm, I'm, are you too familiar with sump pumps at cabins? Yep. yep. <laughs> so if you have a pump that does not pump waste, <laughs> we won't go into any more detail on that. Uh, but especially if you live on a hill and things need to be pumped, if your pump goes sour, a lot of bad things can happen on your property. Very smelly issues here. So there's a, and you may not know about this until a week or two or a month after you physically visit the property. And um, I do think there's a market here for it, uh, especially around the Midwest. And you have people who can solve problems, kind of like your Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. You have your wolf. <laughs> and they, they, they notify you. They give you peace of mind. And it's something where you don't have to be at your property every three to five days to make sure there's no catastrophe happening. And this is something I would have killed to have, and I would love to have at my cabin, as well as many other cabin owners I know in my neck of the woods. So, yeah, that's basically the idea, cabin said. Yeah. I like it. If if somebody starts this business, you can be a part of it. Sounds like you'll have a definitely have a free cabin sitter. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely, pay top dollar. <laughs> you know, what, you know what I think of um, initially too is just just the general idea of keeping up with a property and property maintenance. You know, I have a rental property in, in Philadelphia, and it, it's actually harder than you would think to 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 find someone and hire someone who will come through and just do regular inspections, you know, and say, Oh, Hey, you know what? It looks like your, you know, your heating system hasn't been changing the filter long enough or who I see some cracks developing here. We need to, in the, in the side of the stucco and we need to, you know, to patch those up or something. It's often, even if you have a management company, they're not paying as much attention to that. They're more putting out fires. So I like the idea of maybe having a point by point inspection. You know, they can just send you a report. They can do it on a regular basis. And I love that it's regional too, because I'm imagining, hey, there's a lake. There's a bunch of houses around the lake. If I want to go do my inspections, it's super efficient. I just visit all the different houses around the lake. You know, I don't have to try to figure out where they're all going to be. They're all going to be mm -hmm. right there. So I definitely like the efficiency side of that. One thing. Uh, Very cool. Let me piggyback on your lake point. So, yes, we're on a lake too. Everybody on lakes uh, in a perfect world would all have boat lifts. They have these things, you crank them up, crank them down, they're well covered, they stay in the water well. Everything is perfectly you know, maintained there. Our first couple of years on our property, we didn't have any lifts and we had this old pontoon and we tie it up to the dock, we anchor it, all that. What people don't know about living on a lake is if there's like large storms or if there's any kind of current or any, any kind of water disruption where your boat gets rocked and things like that, if you snap up your boat with tents, how there's rips in there and then all the water gets in on your boat, which is fine, but it, dam it can damage a lot of things inside. But I mean, there's many occasions where, you know, the, the water ri rises, especially in the spring. Like, like you get a lot of these spring showers. First time you get the boat out, you, you're not up there in the month of May because it's kind of cold. I can't tell you how many times where whatever rope or whatever was connected to breaks off and your boat is like banging up against the side of the, the shore or could even be out, out to, in the middle of the lake somewhere. And there's all these unforeseen circumstances, especially for new cabin owners that don't know about these variables. And just to have someone to tell me, hey, listen, checked out both, both docks, both lifts, or I checked out your boat that was tied here. It was kind of coming undone. I have a solution for it. You could also have premium services where people who don't know the first thing about checking oil on an engine of a pontoon or making sure you have gas in your boats or there's extra premium little add-ons you can always do. And a lot of marinas, they're there to take out your dock, take in your dock, bring out your boats, bring them in, all that. But they're not going to do like this constant maintenance and checkup on it. There's so many little things like this. If you have someone who's uh, has a good basis of an understanding about cabins, about, like I said, about how to treat boats and lifts and what to look for in property, if there's like water damage or if you have crumbling concrete on your steps or, you know, something's going on on an attached garage or, or animals are getting in. I mean, I can't tell you, we have to have an exterminator out at least quarterly, just to make sure like mice and rodents aren't somehow burrowing in. And that is a huge pain. And it's obviously the, my, my wife, 
oh my gosh, does she hate mice? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this idea because it's something that is very accessible for someone to start with, with very little money. You don't need a ton of specialized knowledge in order to launch a business like this. So I think this is a fantastic idea. Obviously, there's a need for it. There's a niche. It fits a lot of that key criteria that we're looking for for, uh, for our listeners. So really excited to dive into it. Let's uh, look at some of the problems a little bit more. You've talked about some of them. I want to think about it from a couple angles. One is uh, some of the problems that you experience at the property itself, and then some of the problems, the, the underlying problems that that causes for people, like the psychological issues, the pains that people really feel as part of uh, dealing with this. So I'll, to give you an idea, I'll kind of, I, I wrote down a couple of things. I'll, I'll kick it off here. So you had mentioned that there are extra issues with people who have boats, who don't have lifts. They need to, um, to keep track of that. That's, a, that's an obvious, more obvious surface level type problem. A deeper level problem that came to mind is your cabin becomes a source of stress for you. When you are away, you're, you're wondering, okay, what happened? What's going on with the cabin? It changes it from this uh, reprieve, this place where you can completely um, zen out to a place that you need to be constantly you know, worrying about it. It reminds me of the saying of boat ownership. The best day of boat ownership is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Right. And it doesn't sound like it's quite that bad for the cabin, but uh, that's, uh, you know, you don't want to get to that point. <laughs> I, I feel like we're raising Aaron's level of stress in his life by just even having I feel like I need a the, towel over here. Yeah, yeah. Even before, even before we started, I, I imagined him like, you know, we didn't check on the cabin recently. What's going on over there? Like, oh, I got this is over. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It, it, you know you are so true in that pain point psychologically. Because I st- let, let's just say if I go there weekly, like summertime, yeah, we ramp it up. We're there every five, six days, but that's like three months out of the year where it's that consistent basis. The other part of the year, I get anxiety. I get anxiety in like not like fun chills, but like as I'm going into the driveway, I'm like, okay. I just have to make sure in the basement there's no flooding. Okay, do the toilets work still? Is the sump pump okay? I mean, it's funny. You just pull into the driveway. If I already know, like the night before, that this property manager calls me or, or texts me, or ideally in a perfect world, you'd have an app um, or something like that. You check in and say, yep, it was checked twice this week, and it will show you exactly, you know, you check out your account. And if I knew that Thursday, I'm not worrying about that. I'm worrying about how much beer do I have to stock? You know, fun things like that. It should be your Zen Den. It shouldn't be your anxiety, you know, stress ball. Yeah, man, you hit it right on the head. That's perfect. Well, yeah. Another thing that comes to mind is your actual ability to use it goes down. So let's say you show up at the cabin and the toilets are all backed up you're probably not going to want to hang out there for the weekend, even if you've had a full plan. Or maybe you will, maybe you send the family away. It depends on your personal situation. I know you're only an hour away, but you're going to have to change your your weekend plans if there's something wrong. Oh, case in point, um, I bring two, two of my good friends up in the wintertime, and we'll just have a couple of guys' weekends out there, or we might ice fish, or we might just sit in and play Tecmo Super Bowl or, <laughs> or something like that, just, just or play stupid card games, you know. But we get there, and yeah, something's going on with my propane, because this is not like, you know, you're, you're not in a large metropolitan area where you call a guy, a guy shows up right on the spot within an hour. You know, if you're in rural America... And something's going on in the wintertime in Minnesota, and you have something going on with your, your propane, and it's a Saturday night because God knows it's a weekend, you pay like three to 500 bucks just for them to come out on a Saturday night if you want them to address your furnace problem on the spot. I mean, the, the conveniences we have in the suburbs of the cities around here is it's a world of difference, even just an hour out. It's, it's, a, it's night and day. And we get there. My heat's not working. Something's going on with the starter of my um, of my furnace. Can't get the heat to turn on, and it's literally like forty degrees in the house. <laughs> so we go in there, and we're like, "Okay, we just drove an hour out here. This is the one time we could all get together. We won't see each other for a while." We ended up going back to my buddy's house, anyways, back in the cities. It was a complete two two and a half hour waste. Still had to call someone. Still had to have someone do it. 
had to pay weekend rates, had to make sure the pipes didn't freeze. Now, that's a big point, <laughs> especially in the upper Midwest. Pipes freezing is the worst. It is. It can cause, oh my gosh, yeah. It, yeah I, I'm, I'm now starting to get more anxiety. <laughs> the more anxiety you get, the more profitable this business is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it also can increase the maintenance costs. I can separate this out a little bit. So we talked about becoming a source of stress. You can't use your cabin when you want to. Maintenance costs go up because if there is a problem, let's say, so weekend, your propane doesn't work. You're going to need to pay the 300 to $500 to get someone out there on a Saturday. So that it can increase the cost that way. Uh, let's say your basement floods when you're not away. Then uh, if you're not there to catch it, it's going to cause a lot more damage to the basement, which is going to increase the costs that it'll take to, uh, to reconcile that problem in the first place. So it sounds like they're, you know, this is a multi-layered problem that we're diving into here. You know, and I, I'm having like a little back and forth in my mind about, you know, how to sell it to people because part of the problem in selling it is people don't tend to think to buy things to foresee problems. You know, they don't buy something until a problem arises. And so it's hard to kind of get them signed up for something, you know, insurance or whatever it is. But at the same time, every time a problem arises, with your cabin, it's another selling opportunity. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're advertising on Google or something like that, and somebody searches, you know, basement flooding XYZ lake, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like an automatic, it's an easy place where you can know you can post an ad, not just about resolving the basement flooding, but hey, you know, do you have a, you know, do you have a contract with cabin set? You know, don't worry about, don't ever worry about, uh, basement flooding again or something like that. I, I could I can definitely see that. And then yeah, if you've got a problem property, every time you search something or, or try to find a resolution, then then you're gonna come back to this this uh, long term smart solution. Absolutely. Um, another thing um I, I wrote when I uh, completed the form before this podcast was uh there's only I, I brought up like plumbing, landscaping and lawn care. These are companies, and again, we're not talking metropolitan areas. We're talking about rural cabins out out in the middle of nowhere. There's only so many plumbers that will even come to your place. Only so many people that will cut your lawn if you do hire someone to cut your lawn. Or, you know, you would work with those small town companies. You would obviously give them a cut or some kind of commission, or you you would work some kind of rev share or finder's fee. And Everything, think about it. Those are the guys that know all their communities on the ground floor, no pun intended. And you would actually, you would include them in on these, on this deal to help advertise. And so, because again, when your furnace goes out or your propane guy, of course, could they be property managers? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wonder how many other companies do this on the side in small town America, but that's not their specialty. They're, they're, they're there for plumbing or they're there for propane. There's not a lot of companies that will do six or seven things in one. I mean, this is something where you would have to network and link up with those kind of businesses. And every time they solve a problem inside their communities, it, this card is left. And or are you saying, is it okay if I get your email address for this company? They're going to reach out to you once. Not a big deal. Now, if you're not interested, no big deal, but it's something you might want to look at. Um, and they don't just do plumbing. They, they they have guys that are experts in all these categories and they solve problems on the spot. And I don't know. That would be kind of the networking system that, that I would do, especially with plumbers and lawn care and propane. Yeah. And in the end, I feel like it's going to it's gonna be an economic boost and a money saver for the community at the same time. So you've got, uh, because of the network, you're getting more regular work when it's needed from those technicians that are part of the network. Um, cause they're mm-hmm. you know, notified as often as they're needed, but at the same time, the people that are, are subscribing to the service are, are going to be able to saving, just saving from these unneeded disasters, which just cost everybody money to, to try to get them solved. Right, right. Exactly. The biggest problem I have is, is mainly, yes, marketing, finding what, what would make sense to, you know, are, are we talking about hiring a marketing agency or a brand builder or something like that. This is something, I mean, I've been so few focused in the music industry for almost two decades here that this is something completely outside of my normal realm. This just has to do with my own personal properties and other cabin owners that I know and then things like that. 
how to creating brand awareness. That's where a new entrepreneur could really come into play here. And I wrote that on the form too. So I'm, I'm very curious on how you guys would tackle, you know, just the groundwork just to get this off the ground and get the word out. Yeah. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. So let's, um, let, let's go through the process. And I think uh, having some of these, these, um, earlier questions answered will give us some of that fodder for, for that marketing question. So we talked about the problem a good bit. Let's talk about the solution. How does the problem get solved by this business? Obviously we've covered a couple aspects of it, but if you can restate how you envision a company coming in and, and helping people like you who deal with this issue. Right. You'd have obviously full-time agents and you'd have to kind of split up territories. Like for example, you start out with accounting, depending on how big that county is, you have anywhere from, you know, five to 10 agents maybe, or five to 10 property managers, or, you know, if one guy can handle, one guy or gal can handle like this many, I mean, this is something where you'd have to have your, your street crew. You'd have to have You'd have to um, find the professionals in the first place. And this is something where I would need a little more help for recruiting and things like that, how I would advertise. But you would start out, um, just, just to get this off the ground, you would start out with, I mean, I mean, we could even, I could even start in my own community, my own, outside of Annandale. I mean, it's just like any other business. You have to have X amount and you have to have a price point that makes sense to a lot of people. This is something where if you're charging 200 bucks, 100 bucks a visit, it could work for some so some really nice lake homes and places like that. But you're not really being very competitive. You have to start out kind of low, I think, and you obviously have to pay someone to do it. And if it's hourly or salary and with benefits, you know, and you have 20 different agents for a county, that you're going to lose a lot of money. So you probably have to start out with just a couple of property managers right off the bat and seeing how long does it take to check out your average property and property size? Um, you'd have to time that out. You'd have to, you have to kind of have an organized structure on, okay, you're going to charge. If someone who's going to check in twice weekly, that's going to be a premium package, or this is the one week only package, or we're going to come out twice, twice a month, middle of the week when you're definitely not there, no matter what you definitely would ha- we'd have to form multiple packages depending on the frequency of visits. And you'd have to, you know, distribute territories. I'm not sure if I answered your question properly. Yeah, I think so. That's that's good. Ethan, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm just going to bring this up now. I don't know that we're going to talk about it anymore, but it's something uh, that I thought of previously. And that is just, it's interesting that you call it a cabin sit. And you know, there's a there's a, a site out there that I just think is really amazing it's called Trusted House Sitters. And it's basically Airbnb, but you get to stay where you stay for free because you're sitting for someone's house. You know, you're watching their dog or, you know, you're keeping track of XYZ in their house. And some of these are literally, I've, I haven't done, I've only done one in New York. It was great. But you'll see them and it'll be like, oh, we live on a uh you know we live on a vineyard in the south of france and we need someone to make sure the pool boy comes every week and cleans the pool or something it's it's pretty crazy but uh, i guess what i'm thinking of is there may be a spin on this where it's people who you know just want to retreat in the off season and they can stay in the house and maybe there's a way to provide them with a checklist like Maybe they're staying there for free, but all they have to do is go through a checklist, you know, and take photos of the basement. And, you know, it's just an app that they go through and take pictures of various things and send it to you. So, you know, things are cool. So I don't know if we'll go that direction, but it's interesting to think there might be some variation on it, which makes it more cost effective um, to get people started. You know, to piggyback on that, it's 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 kind of something, well, what market are we are, are we gunning for here? The house sit, obviously, that would be that that that's fantastic in metropolitan suburban areas where, you know, like for example, Chicago, you got some of the nicest places, highest income per capita on the north side, and then you have the south side. You know, you you have two extremes. You know, um, and it's obviously with you know theft and home break-ins and things like that. That that company that you just mentioned, I'm sorry, say say that one more time. Which one? It's called Trusted House Sitters. 
trusted house sitters, obviously, obviously in those areas, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, what, what I'm going for is mainly where there's a lack of options, um, or you do have a local that that would want that would want a house, and they could be like kind of the kind of the chief foreman of the lake. And okay, they're staying in this one. We've contracted you to be out here for three to six months living there, or and then you're checking around all surrounding properties. It's your job to go market mm. as you're on the property and trying to gain more clients that way. And then you have your own little book set up there, and then you'd move on to the next lake or the next, you know, the next region, that kind of thing. But definitely a difference between suburbia metropolitan versus rural. Totally. Um, that would be the separator. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the value of the solution. How much would a customer pay and why? Yep. This is, this is something that's obviously not concrete whatsoever. What I threw out, depending on the package would be anywhere from like 20 bucks, to, you know, maybe even do 150, 200 bucks a month, depending on, again, the frequency of visits. I am not, this is where my, I, I'm not an expert in this industry, but um, I, I shared an example of, uh, you know, in, in, in Northwest Wisconsin, in this small little county, just, I mean, you're almost, you, you, I mean, you're almost going into another state here, but she offers $30 per visit. It's a very cheap rinky dinky website. And it's $30 a visit. Is that, I mean, what, what is the market value for something like this? This is something that would require a lot more research, obviously. But I mean, obviously, if you want someone to come twice a week, I mean, I mean, you're talking eight times a month or, or even if you did a weekly visit four times a month, what does, what does that, I mean, I mean, what does each visit entail? Is it, is it going to, I mean, this is something where you can't just go into a property and, they're, they're there for literally five minutes. They, oh, everything is fine. Move on to the next one. That obviously can't happen. You have checkpoints, just like how you would almost have a, a home inspector, you know, when, when you have a real estate deal on the table, you know, you always have to bring in the home inspector and they have to go through everything. I'm not sure if you would deep dive as, as hardcore as that, because you're talking, you know, maybe a couple hours, you know, that, that they're out of the property. This is, it, you'd have to find a happy medium here. So you'd have to be like, okay, it could, can a cabin check be done in 20, 30 minutes if time is used efficiently and there's no catastrophes? What, what is that worth to, um, if it's like 20 to 40 minutes and you're out there once a week and then you have to, and the same agent is hitting up, I don't know, 15 homes a day, 20 homes a day, I don't know. What's that worth to us? So obviously you want a bare bones package. This is something where, you know, people who own lakeshore properties that are there, two months out of the out of the year and so there's a lot of downtime maybe it makes sense where, where you have someone check in once a month what is once a month what, what what would that cost or for me i would love to say it would be like 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 there's a bare bones package for like 20 to 30 bucks a month but realistically i see this more in the 50 to 150 dollar range per month yeah um, i think what 50, do you guys think about that 50 sounds like a good minimum to me I think if you're offering any, anything less than that and you're telling like an actual expert's going to come to your house, people might actually be skeptical. I mean, I, I feel like I get a little bit skeptical around the $20, $30 price range. Like you said, you, you found the woman and she was on, you know, had a rinky dink website and I'm sure she does an okay job. But if I'm paying for something that I know is like a really solid service, I think 50 minimum sounds fine. And also just like for property management, you know, I know property managers might charge, say, like seven to ten percent of a rent rental fee or something like that, right? So, mm -hmm. if if I've got a property renting at you know fifteen hundred bucks a month, it's not unreasonable to have uh, pay a hundred of that just to make sure somebody's on call to, to take care of things. So, yeah, I don't think fifty to a hundred bucks is is that crazy. And I also think like instead of us. Um, benchmarking it in terms of, you know, what does the person have to do? It's really what kind of money can you save? So if you have to clean up after a flood and it, you have just two visits where you got an emergency plumber and it's 300 bucks a pop, that's 600 bucks. So yep. pay that over the course of a year in installments to make sure everything else is also taken care of, then it's a no brainer, right? Yeah. I was thinking for marketing members on average save X dollars per year and get to use their property Y percent more. That's, we're not going to have those numbers. We wouldn't have those numbers right away, but 
I think that's a powerful statement to be. Yeah. In your first year, you could actually get some potential clients. So you could have a little, you could actually do a case study and you could ask people who don't want to sign up for the service if they'll just let you check in with them about their properties and what, what's going on, you know? So you get their emails and you get their contact info and they're not going to sign up for the service, but you'll be able to check with check in with them, you know, every once in a while and say, hey, how are things going? What happened with your property? And yeah, you could have some pretty concrete numbers. And I think you could show people case studies and they take a look at it and go, oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> oh, oh my God. You, no, you, you hit it right on the point. There are, if you own a cabin, everybody's had to deal with some kind of Murphy's Law. Something, Something's happened, like a squirrel got into the house or these mice got in or all of a sudden my basement, you know, the, the, the concrete folded on us or something like that or I had a you know ten a ten grand worth on this uh, damage on my boat because I didn't have any but you know there's pain points everywhere you go and to invest let's just say a thousand but let's just say it was a hundred bucks a month you know to do to to invest twelve hundred bucks a year you know just just think about what you already pay for like winterization on your boats or all the extra things that cabins deal with or if you hire someone to pay to mow your lawn which can be even way more expensive than even a hundred bucks a month. Of course, it can easily be a few hundred bucks depending on where you're at. So this could be a drop in the bucket. And it's not like you're going to, you know, a, a demographic where they're not used to paying extra fees on top. So maybe that's 50 to hundred dollar range. And, and then you can have even an elite package where, I don't know, they could even make, I mean, one thing we didn't touch on is making recommendations to your property, not just like, the catastrophes. Like, for example, I see that your retaining well is kind of, you know, you probably got a year left on it, or I, I've seen this before, or, you know, you might want to consider uh, calling this landscaping guy. You might, you know, putting some boulders in there or something like that, or you have obviously with like exterminating, like maybe you want to set up a schedule, have exterminator coming out there quarterly or Let's just say, for example, with your sump pump, <laughs> this, hap- this happens to me, there's roots that, that, that get into the pipes underground, like roots just come out of nowhere. And, and, and you have to get those flushed out every year. You've got to call Roto-Rooter or whatever, or you've got to snake all your plumbing. There's, there's just little recommendations you can kind of say, you know, say, hey, by the way, I've already scheduled your furnace tune-up, and we do this in the fall, we do this in the spring. You know, there's a lot of little maintenance things that you can get on schedule with or just landscaping ideas, not just catastrophes. I, I do think there could be a lot extra value added there, too. Another idea that comes up for me, a uh, different approach that we could take on this, is having this service performed on an ad hoc basis, let's say the day before you're going, you're going to arrive there. That way they can make sure that everything is set for you. You don't have to gamble with the two hours total drive time in case something's wrong. They can they can check to make sure you have uh, toilet paper, you've got beer, you have you know bread, oh. coffee. They stock it all for you. Maybe they'll charge you cost for the groceries, but that's just a you know value add thing that you get as part of it. And you can have that drive as soon as you leave your home, you know that you're gonna be you're you're on vacation mode. You don't have that stress of is everything going to work out for me? Oh my gosh, I would kill for that. Absolutely. Like for example, boat gas in the summertime, you know, you're already doing 90 million things to get ready to host people. People host at cabins all the time, family, friends, you got five, 10, 15 people coming over and sleeping over. That's a lot to plan for. Um, let's just say you have a bunch of like six, seven, eight, 10 year olds coming. Everybody wants to go tubing on the boat. You have to make sure that uh, that's a lot of boat gas you have to have. You keep all that gas stocked up in your garage. No, a lot of people don't. You don't want to have smelly gasoline in there all the whole time. So I have to go out to a special gas station that has the special, you know, um, boat gas that I use, not just normal gas. I have to drive all the way out there, which is, it's about, you know, it's about a four or five mile drive. Not awful, but that's after I get to the cabin, get the canisters, go to the gas, bring it all the way back, fill it up. If you had a property manager said, oh yeah, by the way, I already gassed up both boats or the boat's ready to go. That alone to come in on a Friday night and before the kids go to bed and you want to take a cruise around the lake, just to know that you saved 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour, that I don't, that that's very valuable time when there's sunlight. 
that's huge. Oh my gosh, you hit that right on the head again. You guys are good. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that's a good first step too, is getting getting that down, right? Like, what would you, is there something you would pay for that? Kind of like just a general cabin prep? Oh my gosh. Just, and I would say if this happened every Friday, let's just say you go up, I'm going to be up there Friday to Sunday. That's a typical cabin schedule or Thursday to Sunday. And if I know the day, yeah, like the day before you're going to go make sure coffee and everything is stocked. Let me know what the bills at the liquor store and maybe they, maybe there's like a five or 10% charge on top of all that. And that's, you know, something to compensate time. But um, I would probably pay anywhere between 50 and a hundred bucks just to know that's there that I don't have to spend anywhere from one to three hours doing myself. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, how much is your time worth? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you could start with this, the cabin prep, you know, cabin prep service, hundred bucks, you know, we'll, we'll give you a checklist. You put, put on it what you like and we'll make sure everything's there. And if there's an emergency, we'll warn you. It's like one step between having this property management service and having to deal with it yourself. So at least there's somebody there to like take a look at at a time. <laughs> so you yeah. can prepare yourself, you know, like let your stress levels, you know, because yeah, to be honest, like even if you know there's a problem, it's much less stressful to know what it is on your way than to be wondering what it is. Well, you can also oh make phone calls too, right? If you find out on a Thursday that there's some issue with your propane and and you hear that back from someone, you can make that phone call Friday morning or Thursday Thursday evening and, and have someone go out there Friday during the day. So you can probably take care of some of those issues yourself from afar if you have that little bit of heads up. Oh, absolutely. And also the same time, these property managers, they would you, they would already have the propane guys in their black book on speed dial. Everything would be ready to go. We already know we got to call Jax over in Annandale to go help us out. Um, and that's already the one we use. And this would all be predetermined. Like there'd be a whole cheat sheet for them. And, and, and this would all be laid out when you hire the property manager. By the way, we use this plumber. Do you have a different plumber you normally use at the cabin? That's fine. And then you establish that relationship. You know that this is this is Bill, the property manager for the, the the green estate here. Yeah, they're the ones who 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 schedule and call people and tell them what the problem is. Say, by the way, I've notified the plumber. This is the earliest the plumber can come out. You're not paying weekend rates, but I got it scheduled for this time. People that just handle these things for you for cabin owners invaluable. That you don't have to stop what you're doing in your busy day or with your family to go sort this out. You have someone who handles it for you. Again, the wolf, Pulp Fiction. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I can tell that you're getting really excited about this idea that you want this service right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little hyper sometimes, and I if I speak too quick, you know, that's when you know there's something here, and I'm very loud. In case you didn't already know, so yeah, this is great. <laughs> okay, let's let's roll along. We talked a little bit of the, about the market size. Uh, you had mentioned there are approximately 124,000 seasonal recreational residential properties in Minnesota alone. There are a number of other states that have cabins, but from that, let's just say you let's multiply by six or seven to give you uh, a little over a million properties in that ballpark. People can hone in on that number a little bit deeper, but uh, in the interest of time, let's move on to competition. Here. You talked a little bit about competition. Uh, you mentioned local lawn mowing services, uh, snow removal services. You want to talk about that a little bit more? Right. So, whenever you, um, so everybody at, at cabins where, where you experience snow, you have to have a snow removal guy or you have a plow yourself. But you have to have things plowed. You don't have things plowed in, in your rural cabin area. You can't really visit it. You can't drive in it. It's very simple. A lot of those guys, it's something where if they see something from a bird's eye, they'll let you know if they're if they're a good you know snow removal or someone who cuts your lawn in the summertime. They could say, "Oof, I saw a branch or something that fell on your roof. I want to get that looked at, pal." But this is very like they're not there to focus on this. Um, at the same time, we talk about that competition with the gal in uh, Northwest Wisconsin, um, you know, where she does her own cabin sitting. Now these are you're talking 65, 70 year olds retires. You're talking people who just have kind of done this as favors, and it's, it's very not organized. And it's definitely not on a mass scale, and there's obviously no app. Um, there's no one I've really come across that has something like this. 
Um, and, or, or something where you start with, like, we're going to candle all of northern Minnesota. We have someone in Brainerd, Duluth. We have someone in the west, west metro, somewhere in the north, northwest. You have all of those pockets in the states locked down. Um, no one has that on the, on the large scale. So when people do this cabin sitting, you know, again, they're doing it for a couple of people. And, and, and they might make, I don't know, do they, I, I have no idea, but I, I can't imagine it's not super lucrative, nor are they intending it to be so. Um, what really sprouted my, you know, this whole, this whole idea about getting an app, being a little more organized, because is, is, is our local snow removal service in my home in Maple Grove, Minnesota. This is my primary residence. Um, everybody, you know, this is a diluted market where you have plows and everybody has, has a plower, like I said before, like a cabins. But this company we came across, um, they are hyper efficient. They give us like, okay, we, we see a snowfall is happening. We're going to get ready. Uh, by the way, we have you slotted in for 6 a.m. We're going to do your, do, do your driveway and in your area. Like they communicate with us and we have an app mm. and it's amazing. It's just right. it, versus, okay, the soul guy, he, he'll show up when he shows up and there's no communication. And, you know, and, and they even, they'll even like click a button on the app. It says, oh, you know, we're at work saying, hey, your driveway was just plowed. And they don't just do that. They do landscaping. They do other things. And they haven't, it's all funnels through their app. And just this, this constant communication with a traditional service that is a lack of communication, that really got me excited. I'm like, okay, what if a cabin sitter, you log into your account or they text you and say, hey, it's Bob from, you know, it's Bob from property management, every, you know, checklist, everything. There's one thing I noticed, nothing urgent, but I wanted you to be aware of this. If you, just having that constant peace of mind, no one else is doing that. It's it's it, it's it's not happening for this type of market. Yeah, I'll tell you what too. Even even if you're not checking, even if you're not checking the property that often, um, just the fact that somebody's checking in with you, you know, is is a huge value add. You know, even if someone is they didn't look at your property for a whole couple of weeks, but they just say, "Hey, I'm going to go back." in a couple of weeks, just wanted to let you know, I'll be there. Here's my date that's scheduled. I, I agree with you. When you have a property that you cannot be at, it's very stressful uh, or it's a huge stress reliever for somebody to be communicative with you. And and that's, that's low cost. A lot of times to just have someone that's communicative and ways to communicate easily. And no matter what happens with the catastrophe, you, you'll get frustrated with the situation, but you know, um, the speed and the constant communication um, like, like for example, in our business on easy song licensing, I've trained all of my employees. It's a game. When someone emails you, you email them back within this very same five minutes. If you can, you drop what you're doing, you go to that email. If you get back to them right there, you just got a lifer because we get all these copyright licensing questions and we have to get back to them very, if there's all my competition, you'll have to wait 24 hours, 48 hours, sometimes three or four days because you're not my paying client and I don't need to pay attention to you. But wow. That's a prospect. That's money sitting on the table. Speed will always sell. Over-communicating, saying, hey, thanks for your service. I'm not going to buy for you now, but you know what? I'll keep you in mind. I write back, my pleasure. My door is always open. You know where to hunt me down. Saying those words alone have made us so much money in treating every single prospect as such. And you give them that kind of red carpet service with constant communication, only good things happen. It's business karma. It will come back. <laughs> and that is that is gold. That's a gold nugget here to share with our listeners. <laughs> this is the point of the podcast where we get into the really exciting part where we talk about validation and the exact steps that we would outline for our listeners to take to uh, to run with this business idea. We talked about this. You had mentioned the snowplow company that has an app out there. Uh, we don't want to intimidate our listeners. That's that's something that you can get to eventually. And the path to building an app like that for a cabin sit service isn't as complicated as it seems necessarily. Right. It's a checklist. You can start with something with the photos, right? And you can get seventy percent of the value from a checklist and at ten uh, percent of the time and money investment. So that's what we're looking for. Our entry points to this idea that someone can test whether there is enough of a market there, there are enough people that are going to bite on it. They can test the, the messaging, the, um, the client attraction methods, all of that stuff with uh, you know, very little money investment, ideally. So let's talk about some of those ideas. Uh, what comes to mind for you here, Aaron? 
as far as for like an upfront investment um, and the entry points, that's what you're referring to? Yeah. Most. What can someone, a listener who hears this podcast, what could they do right now with this idea uh, that doesn't cost them a lot of money? That's not something like go hire an app developer to build an app, right? We want something uh, more along the lines of call all the property inspectors in Duluth, Minnesota. Right, right, exactly. Obviously, finding these mythical creatures who are Navy SEALs that know all plumbing, propane, and all that, to have that level of expertise, that's probably going to take a little bit of time. No matter what, you would find people who have grown up around cabins, people who live in the area, people that, you know, they they wait tables on the weekend, but they're, you know, they're in these small towns. I mean, there's jobs are far and few in between. You'd have to, I mean, how you would recruit that, that's something that I would probably have to dive in a little bit more. But as far as for to start up a business, you obviously need a couple of key cogs. One, you got to have some kind of web presence. You got to have, you got to have, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously you can build a website for super cheap. I, I fortunately, um, the president of our company is our lead developer. He is, I have an idea. I go into Mark's office and poof, it's on the website. There's no red tape. That's obviously key. You also have to have sales. That's where I come in and do. He's the brains, I'm the mouth. You have to have brains and mouth, obviously. Um, building a website in the first place, you have to have something where it's like, okay, here's my business card, check it out. And they look at your website or they can sign up on your website or you have a way of, of, of accepting payments, some kind of authorized.net or PayPal, some way you can track all of your login, all of your jobs, all, you know, all contact information, um, you know, you have to have a way, a merchant system right off the bat. Number two, yeah, obviously you would love to have a full-time or part-time salesperson and they'd be the ones responsible of, um, obviously, I mean, I mean, at first they'd have to wear multiple hats. You have to have someone who can go into these communities and recruit. And like I said, you would start out with, you know, working with small businesses or, or, um, posting on Craigslist or posting, doing something super cheap where, you know, um, I'll give you an example. Whenever we have a new position open here in Minneapolis, um, I, what, what's, I mean, I mean, I pay probably a total of 50 bucks total and we get over 200 at least quality candidates each time. And I narrow that down to about 60 interviews and we're, we're talking after rigorous screening. And then there's even more, even beyond that, but there's free resources. And obviously this is regional where you, you post a job and, and you say you're going to get paid X amount per hour. You obviously need yourself and at least one part-time or full-time person to start in some small community and to start diving and understanding, okay, is this the right, is this the right place for us to start experimenting? Um, which counties, which lakes are very lucrative? Where, I mean, obviously you want people who have grown up or who are familiar with those areas and you know about the problems. So finding that first territory will be key. And obviously a lot of places in Northern Minnesota, we all have the same kind of problems. We all live on lakes because we got a billion of them here. And, you know, you would obviously find pockets of high income per capita, obviously. And it, it, that's, that, that's not too difficult to figure out. Wisconsin, you know, you, you can start expanding from there. But first, yeah, you'd have to have someone who can handle sales, someone who also has a basic understanding of marketing, um, that'd be key. And obviously starting out with a bare bones website or something like that. Um, very, very easy to start up. So do you have, uh, how friendly are you with your neighbors in, on the lake? Is it something where you don't see them much because you're sort of not overlapping or are those people, are there a handful of people, you know, or. Oh, every, I, I know the lake very well. I mean, heck I help them shoot off their fireworks on 4th of July. You'd be surprised what kind of power that, that gets put out in these lakes. <laughs> nice. But <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's small time life. It's small time life. Everybody kind of, everybody waves at each other when you drive by everybody, you know, this is very common around lots of cabin areas around Minnesota. So, so, so potentially your actual lake area could be a good place to start or something like it basically. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there, there's houses. Um, there there are a handful of full time people that live there all all year round. And but but there's a good chunk of us that are just like myself. The kind of frequent in the summertime, not as frequent in the wintertime. Things like that. Um, yeah, it's it that, that would probably be the starting point because I am just one lake in a small area that's surrounded by about gosh, 
there's at least six to eight other pockets just within like a 20 mile radius. Like, I don't know if you guys realize how many lakes we really have, but it's everywhere. On every lake, there's properties around every single lake. So, you know, even around our, our neck of the woods, I mean, properties go from I mean, when they're sold. I mean, they can start out as a little as like 150K all the way to there's some properties that are asking for seven and a quarter, if not 1.1, you know, that, that are they're around our lakes. So you get people, people who people who pay for that kind of property. And again, 1.1 and seven, seven and a quarter may not mean as much, let's just say in Chicago or LA or Nashville, New York, for but a lake house. Yeah. Yeah. For a lake house in Minnesota out, you know, a few, an hour or two away from the twin cities, that's a lot of bang for your buck. And yeah. you're doing pretty well if you're buying a seven and a quarter cabin, that means you can, you can probably spend a hundred to 200 bucks a month for a property manager. <laughs> so it sounds like I, I thought about this earlier and mention it. It sounds like paying by the square foot could be useful or paying by some sort of a property size or complexity could be useful um, uh, beyond sort of the basic uh, subscription fee. But I'm wondering if it just, I mean, in your situation specifically, I'm wondering if there's a way to get it started where you go around to people in the community and say, who's in? Uh, can you chip, would you chip in X, Y, Z amount of dollars, maybe like a year's worth of subscription. And let's see if we can raise the funds to pay the salary of one great property inspector um, to take care of all our properties. And we'll just, you know, work, work him through the process of what would they, him or her, what would we want them to do? You know, um, are they going to, are they going to check uh, the boats? Are they going to check the basements? You know, sort of like hire them to start the project in your community and just see how it goes. Is everybody happy with their investment at the end of a year? Um, Cause you could raise a good amount of money. Like say it was a hundred bucks a month, you know, 1200 bucks a person, maybe, I don't know how many people you could get on board, but to pay maybe a modest salary, what would you say is a modest salary for a property? Like a, you know, somebody who's got some property inspection experience. Something just, I, 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 what you just said, there sprouted something out here. Um, what if you were to approach lakes where, okay, we're, you're a new market we want to pursue. Um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of cabins around lakes and they're usually very tight communities. You know, each other, <laughs> you, uh, you go to each other's houses, you party, you help each other out, you know, say, saying, Oh my gosh, I need a chainsaw. You got one, Bob. Okay, cool. There's a lot of those properties. What if you almost did it like a Groupon kind of thing where that's fine. We, we, we lock in one to three different, different houses. If we can get, if you can, you know, if we can get somewhere between five and 10 houses on board, that's going to lower each of your costs on a monthly basis. You get more bang for your buck that way. Obviously you would love to say, you know, you, you would love to see all of them in a nice little gathering where you have 20 cabin owners all at once. And you say, Hey guys, this is something we can do. This is what we charge on a per unit basis. If only one of you sign up, this is what you get. But if we get at least half of you or 75% of you to sign up, the, this is how much we're going to knock off on the bill. And this is the extra value we're going to bring if I can get the whole or a good chunk of the lake signed up. These are the kind of ideas that you, that, that you would need to present. Obviously, this isn't a perfect world and getting, get, I mean, I mean, this is also under the assumption that everybody's tight with everybody around each lake. I know that's common, but this is something where, you know, charging by the square foot or trying to get like a group rate, or if I know this guy literally has to check his only job is to check 20, 30 places once a week, and it's all in the same vicinity. Obviously, that's that, you know, going from job to job is very easy. You're going from house to house to house, and you can knock a lot out in a short amount of time, you know? So, yeah, and this is, about there. this is good to kick around some of these ideas. We, we want to share some of these explicit ideas, uh, checkpoints with our, with our listeners, but we also want to keep in mind that listeners, you're, you're allowed to take, uh, this general idea and come up with your own angles on how to approach it. You're encouraged to do that. You can really impress Aaron if you come back and you think of something that's completely different than what we've talked about. That's, that's fine. So use this as a starting point and, and go from there. Uh, another angle uh, along, this, along those uh, lines, another angle that I was thinking here is uh, someone starting out, let's say even if you're a high school kid, you're on summer vacation, Shadow a property inspector. 
follow them along and uh, find out what kind of things they need to look at as they're doing a, a regular home inspection. As you're doing that, you can learn about you know, learn about what okay, what sounds does a furnace make normally or an air conditioner, all that kind of stuff that you uh, may check when you're going to a cabin later on. But you get that hands-on experience, and and you can ask them some of those questions. You may be able to find also from them uh, which type of properties uh, may be second homes for people. We're talking mm-hmm. in depth about cabins, but I know um, I know some people growing up they would visit. Uh, they had beach houses that they would go to, right? And these are properties that, similar to cabins, they don't use for most of the year. So the market, we're talking specifically, maybe cabins make sense to start with, but uh, I think that there's a, a good potential outside of that as well for people who uh, who have this skill set. So the reason I bring this up is I think that this is also the type of business where someone could start in their own hometown if they look around and, and find people who uh, who aren't there all the time, and <laughs> I realize that kind of comes out creepy, but that's not, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you um, if you know that there are a lot of people who um, who use their properties as as retreats and they're not there often, then there's value you can provide to them even if you're not in, in Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's not many businesses nowadays that you can start by knocking on doors. And this might be one of them, you know, where you it's, it is the season, it's the summertime, go on the weekend. You, if you're a kid, I grew up in a town in Michigan. That's kind of like a, like a vacation town with a lakefront and little houses and stuff, you know, could just, you could be a high school kid and you could just go knocking on doors and say, Hey, you know, um, I'm thinking about uh, starting a property management service when you're not around, you know, can I ask you a few questions and see, you know, what would be useful to you? Um, I think that'd be a huge first step. It would take you a long way. And cause I think the real step that you're accomplishing there is finding these people and mm-hmm. easiest to find them when they're living there, when they're away Figuring out who lives in what house is going to be a lot more complicated. Just riffing off this idea, another another entry point for someone could be uh, the app Rover. Are you guys familiar with that app? No. It's a mobile dog mobile uh, dog sitting app. So if you're going on vacation, you can either um, have someone you can drop your dog off. I'm going to do this tonight, actually. Drop your dog off at someone's house and have them stay there for the weekend. Or you can have them dog sit your house and you pay them 20, 30 bucks a night. But if someone were to sign up for a Rover to be a dog sitter, that'd be a great way to, to find people who regularly travel, who uh, may need house sitting in, in itself. And you can start expanding the services that you provide to those people. Um, so that's kind of, it's a different angle, but it's a, another way that you can uh, start building up a client list. I know uh, we went on a, a very, a fairly long vacation earlier this year, and our dog uh, loved the person that we left him with. And mm-hmm. we're going to go right back to her. We didn't even consider anyone else. It doesn't almost doesn't matter what she's charging at that point because we trust her. And we know that our dog has a good relationship with her. So uh, that's we're we're kind of I realize I brought up another kind of off the wall idea for uh, for starting to meet some of these people who have this need, but. Uh, that's just, you know, something. creative thinking. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think what would be, yeah, go ahead, Aaron. You, you, you should be, you should no, 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 you go, guest. you go. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> I think it's time for you to say something. What were you going to say? Gosh, it's like a Minnesota four-way stop sign. No, you go, no, you go. <laughs> but uh, no, um, what I was going to say is the networking on the, on w- with other businesses that have already taken the time to do case studies and they already know, okay, for dog sitting, this is where we advertise. Getting getting a little bit more buddy buddy with those kinds of services that you know they're not really property managers, but for someone you know, okay, I'm going to go to Europe for two or three weeks, and I don't want to have to put my dog in a kennel. I don't want to go to some boutique place and play 2K for that, but I want a dog sitter. There's a lot of these small businesses that have already entered this kind of market, not necessarily for secondary residency, but I do think that's a great idea to partner up and. See what what the rovers of the world have done to figure out, okay, we know on Facebook or we know 
we know where to find these clients in the first place. I just, I love that idea, the Rover idea in networking with those businesses. Totally. I think also, so I feel like for our listeners, you know, again, you can take whatever path you want, but I think, yeah, one of the first steps is locating those people. If you can lo- locate them and even just produce a list of people, I think that's pretty impressive. Like who you're going to, who you're going to try to address and work with. And I think the next step is to get in touch with them and engage with them. I think a, a really great step would be to interview people and try to nail down. Yeah. How much did you spend in the past 12 months on unforeseen uh, expenses for your cabin? And just start uh, just to collecting some data on that. And I think it just in the process of uh, collecting that data, then you've got a sales document you're preparing where you can say typical home in this area, you know, spends this much on unforeseen issues. And what if that if these were prevented, you know, they would save this much. But even in those conversations with those people, they're going to be like, so when are you getting this thing stuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh my gosh. No, it's true. You know, again, finding those pain points, that is, that is so key. Um, I don't know. The, 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 the biggest thing that I have is, okay, you find, okay, it won't be hard to find, to find people who are willing to work for, you know, you're going to pay them 15, 20 bucks an hour, or you're going to pay them on a per job basis or a revenue share for that, for all the properties that they manage. Um, not sure how I, that's not necessarily the problem and acquiring plumbing or landscaping knowledge, not, not as difficult as you might think to have training videos and, you know, having people who already have that understanding, rural America, farmers, things like that already do have a good basic understanding about life out there. And they have their own personal connections within each of those towns. And they also know what other small businesses do in those towns to advertise and to actually get attention. So obviously you're finding, you, you, you want your all-star in every small little community that knows the county very well. Um, as far as for collecting data, yeah, that, that isn't, I mean, I mean, that's something where you have to have a ground crew, a street team to go do something like that. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, for starters, just basic flyers, advertising on like lo- at local events, at meat raffles, at things like that. There's so many small town things where the whole freaking town shows up to that bowling alley to, to celebrate this, uh, this and this and that, or on the 4th of July or something like that. There's so many advertising possibilities because small towns really do get together. When, when like a local brewery has a meat raffle, everybody shows up, a big cookout, or, you know, there's a big car, you know, vintage cars and all the old schoolers pop up you know, uh, out of nowhere. And you run into so many small business owners there. And, you know, ideally you have someone, your employees or people who already know these people pretty well. They know, you know, you have to have that internal community knowledge. Um, that would be, that would be key. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that if you become, if you deliver an excellent service for one of the the property owners on the lake, you're going to talk with other property owners and you're going to oh. Hey, Bob, I showed up at, at my place and the boat was completely gassed up. They had coffee ready for me. My favorite whiskey was waiting at the bar. I didn't have to stress about the furnace being out or anything like that. I was just ready to go. They're going to be like, sign me up. <laughs> you know, how can I, how can yeah. I have this too? So oh, oh, referral bonuses. Oh yeah, absolutely. With our company, we, we, yeah, we give out 15% off of our admin fee for every song license we do. You tell a friend, there's a survey when they log in, they say, where'd you hear about me? Bob Smith. Great. You put them in the system. We've identified them. We give our, the Royal, those types of royalty checks we give back. And again, we charge $14.99 per mechanical license. And Getting just 15%, that's per song, per license, for every time that person wants to release a new album of cover songs. That referral program alone with your existing customers saying, hey, listen, you do this, you're getting X amount every single time we go over there, or or, or this one-time finder's fee. You have to implore and empower your existing clients. And you got to start out with like five five to ten loudmouths around the lake that everybody knows, (laughs) like myself. (laughs) <laughs> great well cool. well aaron we really appreciate the time you spent with us we're a little bit over here we want to be respectful of your time uh yes, so thank you so much for everything you've shared listeners please take this idea and run with it let us know what you've done email at us email us an update at 
update at runwithit.us. And if you, you know, take this idea, you, you get some traction with it, then maybe you can connect with Aaron, who has a $2.5 million business. And he knows what it takes to, uh, to build a business. So uh, it's a great opportunity for listeners out there to, uh, to get started with an idea here. And you can find Aaron at easysonglicensing.com. Absolutely. I'll throw in my email address. It's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at easysonglicensing.com. That's E-A-S-Y, just how it's spelled in Webster. But you guys are fantastic. I'd love to grab a beer with you guys anyways, even outside of business. You guys are great. (laughs) Anytime you're in Chicago, for sure. Yeah, it's been our pleasure. (laughs) Anything you want to leave our listeners with? No, I, I, I would encourage other entrepreneurs to hop onto this website. I can't wait to write a review on these guys. They've just been professional every step of the way. And man, I want to know about more business ideas you guys have. I'm excited. You guys are great. Great. Thank you so much, Aaron. Really appreciate the time here together. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.